0: Welcome to episode 14 of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, the people's coach. And together, we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy and a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast, which will be in the show notes. There you'll see if I'm following the training plan like I'm supposed to be. You can find all the episodes on the fundraising page of my charity partner, The Second Wind Fund, at coloradogives.org forward slash m3podcast. The mission of the Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. They match children and youth at risk for suicide with licensed therapists in their communities and pay for up to 12 sessions of therapy when there is a barrier to treatment. Simply by listening right now, you're doing your part. Every time someone listens to an episode, $1 is going to be donated to the Second Wind Fund up to $1,000. So listen, share, and know that you're doing your part to stop suicide in children and youth in Colorado. So check out coloradogives.org forward slash m3podcast for all the episodes to give to the cause or simply to see how far we've gotten. This week, Coach Morgan and I go over week 11 of training. We had a mid-training block step back last week, which you heard about in the previous episode, but this week we took it up to 38 miles. This is my first time training for a marathon, of course, so this is the highest volume I've ever had during a training week, even running half marathons like I used to do. We had a four-mile run on Monday, three-mile run on Tuesday, eight-mile run on Wednesday, then a break on Thursday, three more miles on Friday, 12 on Saturday, followed by an eight-mile run on Sunday. Interesting times, as they say, and we made it through it. So check out this week's coaching call reviewing the week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. So week 11 and the most miles yet.
1: Most miles yet. The most miles yet. You was at you had a down week, so you basically you got up to around thirty, thirty-two miles leading up to this, and then you had week before we went down to like seventeen miles to so let the body rest. Went under there with with aches and pains, the body basically healing itself, and then we was like, you know what? I think it's rested. Let's give it like thirty-eight miles. And so tell me, like, when you saw it, what were you thinking?
0: I think, and given that we were already up to low 30s, I was thinking it was going to be okay. No major intimidation. And it was weird. The first part of the week looked kind of normal, right? A little four mile, about an eight mile. And then the past two days, it was like, here, stack 20 on top of it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so how did your body react? Like, what were some things that were happening to you that didn't normally happen?
0: I don't think there was a lot. Physically, especially leading up to it, I was feeling pretty good. Felt good on that three-mile run, the 12-mile run yesterday and the eight-mile run today. But the thing with the 12-mile run yesterday was it was pretty windy here. So the first six miles were straight into the wind, and it was one of those things where You can prepare all you want, but on race day, the weather's going to do what the weather does. And like for the first six miles, I was thinking about just turning around and going to laps in my neighborhood or something like it was, the wind was pretty brutal here yesterday. And the other thing with yesterday, as I was going into the wind, I was like, man, the second half of this is going to feel pretty good with the wind at my back. But yeah, so that was really the big thing yesterday was just the weather hit me. And then afterwards, you know, and thinking, hey, I've got eight miles tomorrow. I was a little doubtful about running eight miles after running 12 miles, but I still get out there and did it today. And was it as, why was you doubtful? Oh, what you? I was thinking about this. If we look at, and I, one of the things is being appreciative of having the coach. I don't know that I would have done this myself if I was just doing an off the shelf training plan, the training plans that you get on the internet don't have that kind of eight mile run after a 12 mile run. And so I know that I had never run that far after running that far. Like I've run up to 14 miles before, but usually I'll take a day off after that or a little bit. And so I think it was more just the combination of the 12 mile than the eight mile, but also how you said was, this is how we're training for the second half of the race.
1: Yeah. Everybody, it's always good to train and feel good, but if you're feeling good, then the adaptation is likely 90% there. And so until you challenge and stress your body in a different way where it becomes challenging mentally, physically to get out there, then you're not really growing. The concentration of like really understanding, like I'm going to focus on what's now. Stop worrying about like, if I can do it or what would I would have done? Like we get in our heads, even like you're thinking about right now, you said I don't know. I wouldn't have done it without me or what it would it look like or how my body going to respond and all these different things. But that's the same. It's the same stuff that goes in on race day. And so this is that part where mental preparation comes in, because one of the athletes that you've met, Jess, right, that one of my other athletes trying to BQ and her volume was changed. Her consistency has changed. Worrying about recovery has changed. And she listens to the things you say. And then she says some of these things you're saying, I don't know about this. Or what you, I don't, I've never done this before. I've never ran this much in shoes. So you know that there's so many things that are going through an athlete's mind. And the successful ones I feel are the ones that can run those simulations and training mentally, physically, emotionally, right? And deal with those things up front. I've been here before. I'm doing this again. This is what it felt like. This is what it's going to feel like. And we'll work up and we'll keep grinding the stone a little bit more, like taking a little bit more off, taking a little bit more off, add a little bit more on. And so I think that's a it's a big piece of training and that we just, mental performance just doesn't get the luster that it really deserves. I really believe that because everybody comes to you as a coach. I want to go faster. I want to go I want to PR. I want to go a further distance. I want to do this certain race. I want to take on this certain condition. But then you start telling them, like, well, how did that make you feel? And what were you thinking? And then a lot of people, you can hear it in their tone. And sometimes directly, they question, like, why are we talking about this? Why does this matter? Because your brain controls everything you do. Right. So if you're not training that, that's why. I think I mentioned before that book, How Bad Do You Want It? That has nothing to do with your physical ability. It has everything to do with your grit, your perseverance, and that ain't something you can hold on to. That's like, a, those are feelings, right? And so I think that's the case where you come here and you we keep working up and like, where are we at? Let's see, basically nine weeks away from race day, mm-hmm. right? And so we're in a place, I like usually six to eight weeks out, but this one we're going to taper a little bit earlier because we got a lot, you got some traveling here, you got to travel a week before race. And so we need to w- work up there because we don't know what's going to happen on this travel. Are you going to be able to run or what's going to be conditions?
0: Oh, well, you know me. Like, I'm going to run. Like, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, but again, you can't control mother nature. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah, I'll go find a treadmill somewhere. Yeah.
1: And so, I guess we're, we're in a place where we're saying, okay, what are we doing? How are we doing? That's what kind of looked at your week this week. You're starting to prep your fueling for race day. Right. And that's what I can see based off your notes that yesterday's run. I haven't looked at today's. So tell me like, we're talking about preparation for race and nutrition has been a big part of that. What has been your focus? Because I can see the note shifting. Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your nutrition, it's more detailed. It's more thought out when it comes to that. How's that working for you? How are the new the jails working for you? And go from
0: there yeah we we tried the new fueling strategy getting away from the chewy bars during the training of course but so this past Wednesday you know me I'm a rule follower so you said every 30 minutes and I think I mentioned on the run on Wednesday 30 minutes landed me right in the middle of an uphill and it was the first time I had tried to open the thing right and so I was sitting there trying to it was a little challenging and that's when you were like hey it's okay do it a little bit before the hill or before you hit a challenging pace so yeah yesterday and today both a lot easier a lot more deliberate on the fueling still sticking to the half an hour and really focusing on drinking sips of water. I think I've settled it at the miles but i the fueling's been going pretty well. the gels are you know they are what they are, right i Tell you, it being military, you and me, it's very reminiscent of MREs and trying to eat applesauce <laughs> out of the meals ready to eat, right? I had some flashback, not the bad ones, but but yeah, I think it's been going really well and the gels are, are easy enough to carry, and I've already got a thing to do that with. So yeah, I think it's going pretty well. And this funny is a
1: slightly surprised that my pace was faster than easy, kept slowing myself down, found that I was attacking heels more and deliberately pacing them that's huge right because like you said you thought about like i gotta run eight miles after 12 miles you think it's gonna be worse
0: and that's and that's exactly and i think even as i mentioned in the comments like yesterday like i was gonna look for an easy route today because that's what it was went in my head was man i just ran 12 miles i need to really take it easy today I, i was gonna go do like the flattest loop i can but then i was thinking the last half of the marathon isn't gonna be any more easy than easy so i might as well just go to the normal mid-distance route that I normally do, which had a couple of hills. And you're right, today's run I did better on today's run than I thought I would, having run 12 miles yesterday.
1: There's a point of no return too, because I can I'll give you another 10 tomorrow, and you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> now things start going. South <laughs> right. The body can take just only so much, and we don't for training we don't take it to that limit because you have what six miles tomorrow, easy. Mm-hmm. And so we really haven't pulled. We're not coming off the throttle until. Friday, And so that's what, one, two, three, that's seven days of straight training, which is your body can totally handle that. What's going to be challenging because you're coming off a big load from the last three days, you got six, you got six. And, and then because I'm going to replicate the week's volume, but I'm going to add intensity mm-hmm. and then we're going to rest. Right. And so next week is just going to be that we're going to add a little bit, some negative split. which is going to be a Wednesday. We're going to build throughout the run. And then we'll use the last one. But like, then from that fatigue, then you're going to compound it with a little bit of tempo running, right? That's where it's like, and this is where I want you to be understanding, like on fatigue legs, on tired legs, what is my body capable of doing? Because when people think when these people are fit, they're run these fast marathons. No, they understand that there's going to be a sudden level of, of pain, suffering, of discomfort. And they know, okay, even if I feel this way, I can still run this pace. Because sometimes we get in our heads and we try to do something, take nutrition, we get in our heads about what we think it's going to be, but we need to be more understanding on what we're capable of, not looking at it from the negative side. It's like, no, I'm capable of doing this. I'm capable of doing more because on Thursday of the, this coming week, you have eight miles after that negative split run. You're going to feel that, right? Right. But as you saw on today, there's a possibility in which we're now, as we're in higher and volume, we're paying attention to how your body feels. And so it's just like me reading, looking. I have some athletes that are not as detailed at notes as you. Everybody's different. So when I look at their I'm looking at the heart rate, how they're pacing right? if I see something, you shoot a text, like, how are you feeling? What's going on? But there's always a way to tell if the body started to basically have negative feelings, negative results, more pain, more slowing down, higher heart rate, comments made, like when your hip was her or knee or something like that, you'll see something come out of nowhere or came Mm -hmm. back. So those are like key points where if you look at how you got there as a coach is, okay, these last few weeks or a few days have gotten this here. And every time we do this, this happens. And then so we can replicate that. And then we know where, okay, if I put this same week in, I know he can do 38. I know he had a, okay, what? Now, if I take one of these runs out, make it a fast run, how will his body handle it in? Because then the volume will be the same, but the intensity will slightly shift. That will change the outcome of the other runs as well until the body learns to adapt. So we're eight weeks out, eight to seven, really, because that last week is going to be taper. And we have to be paying attention, but now it's time to start adding the tempo stuff in. We were, we've were we been doing endurance-based stuff, slow, easy, letting adaptation naturally happen, letting the body be a, a, accustomed to it. Now we'll back off a little bit on the volume or during the week. So, you can throw in like some intensity, but the longer runs will keep working up as we're moving along, right? Up and then down, up and then down, up and then down until we are where we need to be for race day. We taper and we move on and execute.
0: And I think that's, again, where the benefit of obviously your expertise, but the benefit of having a coach is if I'm just looking on, again, off the shelf training plan, it's just miles. So, you And know, Maybe they put in paces there, but there's really not that, that adjustment, that paying attention to what the body is. Even as I'm telling you, know, like, yeah, I'm learning now as far as I'm seeing this, dropping heart rates and pace and how it's feeling easier, but having the outside perspective and the expertise is really beneficial to know that like you knew that I would be able to handle eight miles after 12 miles. You had no doubt. I had doubt. Not at all. (laughs) But I was able to rest on your certainty rather than relying on my uncertainty. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And then, so we're going to work up
1: to, we're going to go over 40 this next week. So, I'm making some adjustments as we talk, and you're going to like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is about to get a little bit crazy, right? And so i make some adjustments. And if you can see it, give me a second, and I'll tell you when to refresh. And so now I'm trying to, like, match everything up and get you where you need to be. Now we're going to add this negative split run where we're going to finish the first half, but the second half needs to be faster than the first does this mean you got to go hard as you can? No, it just means you need to build throughout the run. It's going to start off at a certain pace and then you're going to most of ways you can negative split. You can go, Hey, I'm going to run on a 10 minute mile for the first three miles. And then the last three, I'm going to run a nine minute mile, or you can build through it. And long as you can continue to what I want you to do is for this negative split. I want you to build through it, right? I don't want you to just hold one pace and then go to another. I would like to see you build through the negative split runs on the backside that you're faster than you were on the front side. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now just through that six miles, no run tomorrow? No. You're traveling. And I you know how I am on like the travel days. Like I try to if I can make it happen and I'm okay with that with this too, because we like you're gonna go, you're gonna have that and then you're gonna go into a six and then a six negative split, then an eight. That's we're we're gonna we're trying to replicate the same intensity or training stress that we had from last week but we don't have to have the same numbers like i said we can back off of the volume and add in intensity as well and so this is just a different way to go about training and i think there's certain cases like you can make it hard for people but what are the goals and things of that nature? If it was if it was somebody else, maybe I had to put a run, a short one, or sometimes even a longer one. But it's like, what? why am I doing that? What do I need to do that for? Because you still got 42 miles that week. Like, you still got, like, you had two days, and you got two days off, so.
0: You're going to get it with the left hand or get it with the right yeah. hand. You're still going to get it.
1: <laughs> you're going to get it, right? So it's longer runs, and just try to let the body rest. So you have a rest day, you go into it, feel feeling good, you have another rest day. And, because I'd rather have positive runs, especially as we get closer to race. I don't want to keep, I want to challenge you, but I don't want to punch you in your gut, so, so to say. And that's just, and I'm talking about you. The Athlete could be totally different. I might want to really start dropping the hammer on some people. We need to, let's do some speed. Let's do speed. Let's do speed. Let's handle the volume. But I had an athlete where we gave him volume, but then he started having stress at work. And so that stress at work started to affect his training and he started to feel more tired and the higher volume didn't, I couldn't give it to him. Right? And so we had a different result. And so we just gotta be mindful and learn from experiences. But I want to be able to, to, for you, I'm looking for you to feel good doing this race. And I want to be able to give you volume that is challenging, but at the same time, not overdo it. So you can continue to have a very good experience through the whole process. Because everybody's tra- one is training for something different, needs to do something different, and it doesn't have to look like everybody else. And I think that's where it is. Because most people will come to you like, man, I don't, I'm, I feel great. You feel great till you don't. If mm-hmm. we never had to hit the wall, ain't that a good thing too?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was even thinking about that yesterday again. And the wind was brutal. Like the my the hood was blowing back, and I wasn't running fast. Like it was the yeah. wind was challenging <laughs> yesterday, and I was thinking that this run really sucks but i know what it's causing it to suck i can't think that this is making me doubt my ability this is something external mm-hmm. to me this isn't internal to me but i know there's been times where i've had really bad training runs that will get into my head said so then that means if i had a bad training run here that means i'm going to have a bad race there and i was able to separate myself from that yesterday
1: so how were you at, so tell me what you did. it started it got windy right when i wasn't going on the way First, let's go. Was it a
0: out and back run or loop? What was it? It, it? it was an out and back run. It was about six miles up to a park, one mile loop around a park with a lake, and then back. So yeah, basically, it was an out and back with a small loop in the top end.
1: Where did you get the wind at, going out or coming back? The, the whole
0: way, all oh. the way through the first six <laughs> miles, like the first. <laughs> in in and some of it is, and so is going up on a plateau, and so some of the bigger miles or okay. bigger hills. So I was, but it was uphill into the wind, the first six miles almost. There was like a period of about a quarter mile where I was running in a sheltered place that I was able to get a breath. But the rest of it was just the wind was full on in my face. Okay.
1: And so what was the decision you made when you knew that like you got out there? You didn't know the wind was going to be what it is until you felt it. What was the decision that you made?
0: I think I was up until about three miles is when I was thinking about turning around, going back, And like going in my neighborhood and just doing like little 12 little laps around the neighborhood and the other piece that was the one thing the devil on the shoulder but the angel on the shoulder was coming back the next six miles is going to feel really good with the wind at my back like I know that this is an out and back course. And so I think by the time I was at the three miles, I knew I was going to go up to the lake I was going to be able to turn around. And even as I was approaching six miles, like the, and this is pretty calm in Colorado, but the lake was choppy. Like the wind was blowing pretty significantly. And then once I turned around the lake and like literally the wind was pushing me and it felt good the last six miles. So I was just banking on the wind ain't going to change directions on me so that I would come back the last six miles.
1: And so my whole point of asking that is like, when we go out to race day and you said this earlier You don't know what you're going to get. Mother Nature can give you anything. And so we can't forget the beginning part of this is like you have to have a plan, but you got to have backup plans. And the backup plans may not have even been thought about, but you have developed them throughout your running experiences during training. So you have to call on that information as soon as you can. And so now we have the day where when we start out, race day, the wind is blowing. It's blowing the first half of the race. And okay, don't push it too hard. Just stay steady because you can say, oh, I still got to run this time, but you got to do some math in your head really quickly because is the energy expenditure worth it up front so you to keep a pace when there's a likelihood, because sometimes you can have a win coming back too, depending on how long the run is, right? When there's a likelihood that you could have the win to your back on the way back. So you have to make a a call up front of this is what I'm going to do. You can fight through it, but if you're running an eight-minute mile and you, you add wind to that, well, that eight-minute mile, that effort could be a 730. And in training, were you able to hold a 730 through 26.2 miles or 13.1 miles? You weren't. So the likelihood of you blowing up halfway through the run is very uh, – so you have to understand it. And I always look at it into this thing. I have this chart of treadmill knowledge in my brain as a coach, right? As they running at a 5.5 miles per hour. Every time you increase the incline, it it basically interprets that speed into a higher effort, right, because now you have incline. And so the same thing is that the more resistance you have, the storms, the wind, the heat, the factors that make the pace that you're running more challenging means, okay, if I go out here and I push too hard in the beginning, what am I going to have on the back end? Or vice versa, right? It might be a super easy run in the front. <laughs> you and on the right side, right. you're in it. Like, you right. deep in it. And
0: that's one thing I was glad about yesterday was, like, at least this suck is only going to last the first half because it was blowing pretty steady from the west, and that's where I was running towards the west. And that was the other thing I was thankful for, is at least I'm getting the wind in my face through the first half, and it's not going to be the big suck in the second half.
1: It's just, you, you don't, people get to the into a habit of like, when the stuff doesn't go perfectly, like, I don't know why people think running or training for anything is going to be like, I'm going to have the best conditions every day. That is the wrong thing to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're out there, you just need to like, go out there and say, and just expect the worst and embrace the worst because it makes the easy easy, right? And I think that's one of those things we've got from military sense is like, we're okay with being in discomfort. And so when the easy stuff happens, you're like, oh, I can do this all day. And then the experience part of it is like, oh, it's hard, but I can still, I can do this all day because I have trained myself and that mental fortitude has come to play that I can do this. I've done this multiple times and I can continue to push forward. And that's going through racing. That's dealing with recovery, working through injury, through life, like knowing that like you didn't just get here, you didn't, we didn't just show up in the moment that we we're in, there were trials and tribulations and barriers and obstacles to get to this point. And so when we call on those experiences, that grit that was needed, that resolve, that resilience that we created and used in those moments and we implement for that present moment that we can do things that in the moment seems impossible, but there's so many other possibilities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think if on marathon day, the wind doesn't show up like it did yesterday, I'd be (laughs) like, that's good. And if it does show up like it shows up yesterday, well, I already did it right. Like you were just saying is being able to have that. So yeah, it was an interesting past couple of days. I'm glad that I got through it. Today's run, even after a 12 mile windy run yesterday was still felt good. The pace was good and look forward to doing it again. And so next week, going up, it's gonna be
1: cold. Oh my goodness! So you going up to Canada? You going? Have you looked into the weather? Have you made some preparations? Like what are we looking at? Are we going up into Canada? Are we going further north, and it's
0: usually snowing. Toronto so it's just like you know upstate New York but it's still upstate New York in March is not still winter (laughs) (laughs) but it's not the Carolinas in in spring but again and, and even today it was 18 degrees today like I I'm a cold weather runner right for me I'm I wear gear and I'm bringing it along with me I've started to look a little bit at the weather but yeah I feel like I'm it I'm gonna be ready for the weather that's good, man.
1: Everything looks good. I made the adjustments that you need to have a week. You had a 42 mile week, six miles easy, six miles negative split run, eight miles easy. And then when we have a break, then there's 14 miler, and then an eight miler. That eight miler is going to stay there. I just want to let you know and that Saturday is
0: going to continue to grow. Sounds good. I'm ready for it. And right. I think that and again, as you had mentioned, obviously we're doing this within my working schedule and your working schedule and stuff like that. But but yeah, the volume is increasing, learning is occurring, and we'll just keep getting after it.
1: Yep, that's easy. I don't. Know, let me check one more thing. I've seen this other trip. You going to Washington D.C. So you flying across country. How does time change affect you?
0: Not that bad, especially if we're wake up when I wake up anyway, regardless of whenever it is. So gotcha. the time change is not an issue just because of where I'm at in the West and going East. It might be different if it was going from Pacific to Eastern time. But and as far as I know, I don't have any trips outside the continental United States before the race. So I'm I'll be, except for this one coming up.
1: Okay. And so let kind of remind me before we jump off, kind of remind me and the listeners why you decided this marathon. I think this is halfway into it. That's, we get, We see it in the show notes, but like tell us more about this marathon.
0: So the Colfax Marathon, I had done it in 2012 as a half marathon, so it's a race that I'm a little familiar with. Uh, I like the race. I like running through Denver. A lot of people don't realize this. Colfax is the longest, highest straight road. Like it goes from one end of Denver to the other. It's a neat race. Like I said, that I've run it before, and it fit in with the timeline. So I was looking to do something springish, right? April, May, June kind of thing. Planned on started training in January, so. Race I was familiar with at the time around that I was looking to do it. And then also, honestly, it's a little bit of a destination. There's so many different races you want to make it an experience. And so there's a marathon here in Colorado Springs. But like you said, I can run in my town anytime I want to run in my town. So this was a it was a close race, a familiar race. And it was a time frame I was looking at. That's why I landed on it.
1: Have you met anybody else? That, I know you're a solo runner, but have you had a chance to run with anybody or do, you know, meet anybody else during this race as well or talk to anyone?
0: I have not. Well, that's the thing is coming mm-hmm. up in a you couple of weeks. That. Coming up in a couple of weeks, I actually, the race director for the marathon is going to come on the show. So I'm going to do an interview with him. So we're going to have okay. an extra episode where the actual race director for the Colfax Marathon is going to come on and talk about the race. Okay.
1: How about this? Between now and next time we talk, you meet one person doing this race. Because this is the part. Not everyone is a solo runner, but like the whole key of a lot of things that we do in a group setting is those experiences. You experience the environment and energy, but like there's a social aspect to this. And I want you, even though I know you like to roll solo, I want you to reach out and make a friend. You don't know, got to go run with them and just see how they feel about the race and maybe interject and give them some of your experiences and why you're going. Because each one
0: teach one. Sounds good. Yeah, I do have some colleagues, some friends outside that said they may think about doing it. but And in, in, in you know me, I'm a rule follower, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to find somebody. Already, <laughs> already, already got something in mind. Okay. All right. That, that's
1: all I got, man. And you continue to do great things. Thank you for following the rules. Thank you for leaving really good notes. And it was always good to talk to you about like, Sundays is my training plan building day. And so I'll be on the computer for the next three, four hours doing that.
0: Sounds good. All right. Looking forward to a good week and we'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. So that was week 11. Not only was it a high mileage week, it was also the first time, as I mentioned in our conversation, that I had that long of a run after that long of a run, eight miles after 12 miles. And I know we talked about it a couple times as well, but the 12-mile run was full face into the wind. I looked it up, and on that Saturday run, it was sustained winds of 36 miles per hour gusting to 51. I kept waiting for it to let up, and it just didn't. But as Coach mentioned, adversity during training builds resilience, builds experience, and makes us that much more mentally prepared. We didn't just show up in the moment that we
1: were in. There were trials and tribulations and barriers and obstacles to get to this point. And so when we call on those experiences, that grit that was needed, that resolve, that resilience that we created and use in those moments, and we implement for that present moment, that we can do things that in the moment seems
0: impossible, but there's so many other possibilities. And that's what it's all about. And like Coach said, if anyone's out there listening and you're planning on running the Colfax Marathon with me this year, reach out, because I'd love to chat. Not just because Coach gave me homework but it would also be great to hear your thoughts, how your training's going, and how we can mutually support each other. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at, Duane at want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash n 3 podcast As a reminder, simply by listening to the show, a dollar's going into the pot. If you want more dollars to go into the pot share the show with others who may appreciate it if you want to reach out to coach morgan to show appreciation for the excellent work that he does or sign up for the people's coach newsletter you can find him at morganlattimore.com. all of the links to each of these are going to be in the show notes so thanks for joining us for another episode of the mere mortal marathon podcast and just remember Mere mortals can do extraordinary things